Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. This episode is brought to you by Accenture Interactive. Greater experiences start with reimagined consumer experiences. Visit AccentureInteractive.com to see how we're combining creativity, strategy, and technology to make businesses healthier and consumers happier. That's AccentureInteractive.com. You're listening to, yeah, that's probably an ad. It's the Adweek Podcast, where we talk about marketing, media, advertising, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything's an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm an editor with Adweek.com. With me as he is each week is our creative editor, Tim Nudd. How are you, Tim? Doing well. Thanks, David. Also got back frequent guest on the podcast, uh, Christina Monlos, a senior editor on The Brand Beat. Christina, always great to have you on. What's up from Rhode Island? That's right. Yes. So the irony is like Christina for so long was in the main office and I was remote and today I'm in the main office and you're in Rhode Island. Yep. <laughs> is it is it blizzard conditions there? We're getting quite a quite a snow in it's New York. It's not it's not yet. It will be. Um especially because I live on an island so it gets super windy, super weird. Holding down the fort here in Snowy Hell's Kitchen with me is Katie Richards, a staff writer covering the brand marketing beat. Katie, welcome back. Hello. All right. Well, we have got you two on specifically because it is almost time for South by Southwest, and you're going to be part of the team from Adweek going to this mega conference uh, that we attend every year. Can't wait to hear about how it's changed, what you're looking forward to, what you expect to see. But first, let's get caught up on the news. All right. This week, we're talking billboards, 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 so many billboards. Uh, specifically, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. The movie that won, uh, I think, I believe, Christina won two Oscars, right, for acting. Yeah, for acting. Not, not Got any. Uh, it thankfully, did not win Best Picture. <laughs> I wondered how long it would take us to get into the debate about whether this is actually a good movie or at all. But uh, it won. Francis McDormand won Best Actress. Sam Rockwell won Best Supporting Actor, which. I feel like he was kind of the most divisive part of that movie, or at least his character. But anyway, on the advertising side, what's really interesting about this movie, of course, is that it centers on three billboards, three outdoor boards purchased by a grieving mother uh, after police have not arrested any suspects in the death of her daughter. 
and that has sparked a several homage, I guess you could say, uh, campaigns that in real life using the same tactics. Uh, so in the original, she has three billboards demanding to know why police have not made any arrests in her daughter's murder. And uh, since then, we've seen quite a few uh, examples of other people using this. I, I think most notably the Grenfell Towers fire in London uh, was uh, almost exactly a year ago. A group uh, put up a sign. I believe BBH Labs, the agency, helped put this together. Uh, but they put out three outdoor boards that said, 71 dead and still no arrests. How come? Uh, so very similar to the ones in the movie. And we've covered quite a few of these. I think there was there was one outside of Paul Ryan's Wisconsin congressional office saying uh, 17 killed in their classrooms, still no gun reform. How come Paul Ryan? Uh, a street artist took over the billboards uh, in Hollywood, at three billboards uh, near the Oscars, and said, and the Oscar for biggest pedophile goes to, and then the next one is, we all knew and still no arrests. And then the third one was name names on stage or shut the hell up. Uh, so that was obviously not an official campaign so much as a, a takeover, uh, but just keeps coming up. And then now, uh, Christina, you've, you've written about the Outdoor Advertising Association of America has uh, kind of done their own thank you campaign, I guess, to the movie <laughs> for bringing awareness to billboards. So tell us about that campaign. Um, basically, after, you know, um, the movie started to do well in the awards circuit, um, you know, when it premiered in Toronto in September, um, the, the billboard industry just realized, you know what, we've got some synergy here. We have a movie that could possibly get Oscar nominations and then it did. And it also did really well at the Golden Globes. So let's put up some billboards thanking the billboard movie. Um, you know, I think that it's a very fun way for uh, this out of out of home uh, trend to, you know, happen. I guess, um, even though the movie is again terrible, but good job for the Billboard Association for well the Outdoor Advertising Association of America. I'll get it right um, for creating a, a campaign where yeah we're just talking about billboards. I like it. So. So their their billboards were not parodies. I mean, the visual, they went for the same aesthetic of a red background, but they, they didn't say like, you know, 17 Oscars and still no, yeah, you know, right? Like, what was the copy like on these? Uh, the the copy was, was more like, you know, this billboard deserves an Oscar and, you know, um, what did it say? Four Golden Globes outside Hollywood was one of them. And then after the Oscars, it was um, on behalf of the... Billboard, hold on. Yeah, it's on behalf of billboards everywhere. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's it's fun. Um, again, I wish the movie were better to get well, something this awesome, but. And the movie, the movie's also very dark. And I guess that's what surprised me is most of the examples we just gave were not tongue in cheek. I mean, there have mm -hmm. been a few. Daily, Sh Daily Show did a joke about with three billboards about Francis McDormand's stolen Oscar, but most of these have been very serious because it's a movie that is, you know, ha has a very serious premise of you know these billboards being about a, a woman who was sexually assaulted and killed, and. So that felt like to me it would kind of – on the one hand, I was like, oh, I can see how billboards would really want to ride this wave of publicity. But on the other hand, they're riding a wave of publicity around a very, very dark message. Did you think that would kind of hold up their ability to leverage this? 
No, I didn't think so. Just because they they made it so, you know, they kind of just like removed all of that. Um, and also, if you're if you're thinking about billboards and you're you know putting up a bunch of billboards and mimicking it, um, I I don't really think anyone's gonna go. You know what? That's a movie that gets really dark, really messed up, real fast. I'm going to hate these billboards because of that. I think they can <laughs> recognize that, you know, a movie that highlights a tactic of using three billboards is actually kind of a genius out-of-home move. And, uh, you know, why not mimic that? Or why not celebrate that? I can see it. I understand it, even if I hated the movie. <laughs> But how did you feel about the movie, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making so, it really clear, you guys. So, Tim, do do you feel that this creative kind of moment for outdoor is going to go beyond just homages and parodies of this style of the red with dark lettering? You know, or is it actually going to give some wind to the outdoor industry? Uh, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I think it's it's a nice little moment in the sun for them, and it's a reminder that you know I, I love av- outdoor advertising. It's one of my favorite mediums, and I think it, this kind of shows, you know, both the movie uh, and the uh, these campaigns after it kind of show, you know, that that out of home can really kind of galvanize a local population, whether it's people walking by a billboard in Times Square or you know. Uh, someone doing a stunt like this in, in, a, in a small town, um, it just shows how something in, in an increasingly virtual world, you know, something physical is really uh, can be quite impactful. You know, I don't think if the movie had been three Facebook ads geolocated in Ebbing, Missouri, I don't think that would have been quite as popular. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, Definitely, I feel like outdoor is something that we cover quite a lot, to Tim's point. Some of the best creativity is really shown in outdoor, not necessarily in the vast majority of outdoor boards. They are all still kind of predictable, uh, but when a truly creative idea, uh, like Tim, you'll have to remind me of the specifics, but it wasn't the McDonald's campaign that they just rolled out with turning their arches into directional arrows. Wasn't that an outdoor campaign? It was an outdoor campaign uh, done by Cassette uh, up in Canada. So they cropped in real close on on parts of the Golden Arches to show that the McDonald's is to your right and they've, you know, uh, the snaking line to the right or to your left. Or if you've missed one, they did like a little U-turn symbol. So, yeah, really clever. I mean, you're right. Most outdoor advertising is is pretty horrible. Uh, it's kind of a blight on the landscape even. Uh, but the best uh, out-of-home advertising is consistently, de- you know, delightful and surprising and very arresting. So, yeah, I mean, this, you know, the the the, the boards that are re- referencing this movie, I mean, I think it's an obvious play for the OAAA to do this, but um, but still, I mean, pretty fun, pretty fun overall. I, I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but one of the most iconic kind of billboards, I guess, in, in Alabama where I live is south of Birmingham. I think it's between Birmingham and Montgomery. There is this famous sign. It's not quite a billboard because it's actually like mounted on the ground, but it's a giant sign with an outline of the devil, uh, like walking with a scythe, and not a pitchfork, a scythe. Uh, and it says, go to church or the devil will get you. 
Oh my god. And it's a good headline. Lovely. Everyone loves it. It is like this iconic it's just one of those things. Like it went away for a little while and there was actually news articles that were like, Don't worry, it'll be back. <laughs> it's like <laughs> even if you don't like share their message or, you know, it, it's just such an iconic thing that when you drive past it, everyone gets so excited, like, there's the devil. Devil's gonna get it's you. It's a great call it's to like, action. There's a bl- <laughs> exactly. there's a blue bug in Providence that people drive by and uh it's just a giant blue bug by on the side of the highway. Like a literal bug? Yeah, it's like a weird little bug. I don't even remember what it's for. But I know, <laughs> but it's like one of those things where it's a landmark where you're like, oh, okay, I drove by the blue bug. Okay. So I know yeah, where See, I'm these going. things, like when they exist in the real world, as opposed to, people don't talk this way about, you know, commercials really, or they, they talk about them that way, but it's not like a physical thing. Like I remember when the Yahoo had that, sort of motel road uh motel sign in San Francisco that was so iconic for many years and and when that went was taken down that was you know people were like mourning that thing it's yeah, like yeah that totally threw off my trip home like when i would come home from new york and go visit my family like i'd drive by and be like where's the yahoo billboard right it was so sad yeah people get attached to this stuff yeah, there's there's just like a realness to it, and it, it I I always think of my childhood of like watching billboards was back then the only thing you really had to do looking out the window of a car, <laughs> and so it's like every billboard was something to think about and talk about, and you know it's like uh, anyone who's driven through North Carolina uh, where it's, it's I forget what it's called like Pedros or some like vaguely almost racist kind of uh, uh, tourist trap that's out there, but they literally have like 200 miles of billboards. Uh, you know, and each one is a pun and it just goes on forever. And it's just like, yeah, it's it's something where that trend is kind of faded. But I think this highlights the fact that if you want to spark, spark conversation, a smart outdoor buy uh, can really do the trick. I mean, some of, the, some of our best stories lately have been about outdoor work. Yeah, totally. I, I think so. And, and, you know, because we, we've talked about that again on this show is that the, the biggest viral stuff, a lot of times the stuff that only happened in one place on one board <laughs> and, you know, but it's like all it takes is people writing about it and sharing it. And for the cost of one cool idea and one execution on an outdoor board, you end up with global attention. Uh, it, you know, when you have a team creative enough to pull it off, it's a, it's a great trick. Well, we are going to move on to our ads worth watching where Tim helps uh, recap the best work of the week. Tim, what have you got for us this week? So we have to talk about Apple's new ad uh, directed by Spike Jones. This is the ad that everyone's been talking about this week. And it really is pretty amazing. I would say it's one of the best ads so far uh, this year, if not of the past couple of years. I mean, I, I just find it really, really mesmerizing to watch. Um, how to describe it though it's you know it's a four minute spot and it it, uh, takes place it begins with a woman commuting home having a uh, a very difficult commute home so people who use the mta these days will relate to this woman uh she is played by uh, fka twigs the english um she's a musician and dancer um very innovative uh, uh artist and she stars in the film and she gets home and she asks Siri to play something uh, that she would like. And that's all that she really says. She doesn't really ask for any particular song, um, just something that she, that'll improve her mood. And uh, it turns out that the song, a new song called Till It's Over by Anderson Pack comes on. And um, 
so FKA Twigs is just sitting around on her couch, and she sort of starts to dance a little bit. Uh, she kind of gets, to, you know, feeling the music, and suddenly she realizes that her dance movements will uh, cause her apartment to kind of start growing. And 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 it's a very very fascinating like visual uh, to to watch as this happens. And and again, people in New York will appreciate uh, anything that will make their apartments bigger. So <laughs> she um, she has a it's really wonderfully choreographed by a guy named Ryan Heffington who has worked with Spike Jones in the past. Um, in, he did a project recently for opening ceremony, the design label, um, that, uh, Ryan Heffington also, uh, worked on. And, you know, folks are going to also see in this, in this film, uh, echoes of the Kenzo ad from two years ago that Spike Jones also directed, uh, starring Margaret Qualley, where, where the, you know, the, the star's dance moves are actually affecting the, the environment around them. This is very much in that vein. So it's not, I wouldn't say it's a, a completely new idea for Spike to be doing this, but it's done so well. And it's really, really charming. It's got this sort of really interesting character arc in a way. Uh, you know, I find in the middle of the spot, she, uh, somehow comes upon a mirror and then she ends up dancing uh, sort of going through the mirror and dancing with her with her other self and she sort of ends up at the very end sort of leaving her other self behind and there's a very interesting shot where where her other self is sort of shrouded in darkness and you get the you get the sense that um, you know she's really discovered her good mood again and that she's left this the dark part of her day behind and I don't know. I, and it ends up, you know, it's funny. It's almost like an afterthought what it's for. It's for Apple's uh, HomePod, which is their new speaker. Uh, it's the Siri-enabled speaker, uh, kind of like a, a Google Home or a, or an Alexa. And I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to hear what you guys thought uh, of this and, and, and which parts you liked. I thought it was just such a great visual metaphor for, for sort of transforming your mind uh, through music. And I thought the, you know, I, I just thought that the da- the dancing and the choreography, I mean, everything was just so perfect uh, with this ad. And it's it's one of my favorites that I've seen in a while. Well, before we get into, uh, I think we're all going to have a lot to say on this one, but let's listen to a little bit of the music to kind of get a vibe. There's no dialogue, but we can at least get a, a sense of the tone of the ad. Hey, Siri, play me something I'd like. Okay. We stayed up all night watching the comedy show. So, Katie, I actually thought of you. I, I know, like, I always think of your kind of thousand-yard stare that you've mastered for your commute home and just, like, what a what a... Uh, a kind of nightmare scenario it can be just getting from work to home some days. What what'd you think of this spot? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would say I related to it because I can't dance as beautifully as she can. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I fell in love with this ad. I watched it three times in a row, not going to lie. Um, but I think what I loved most about it was just how – the choreography, her movement, the song all kind of came together and it just was so perfect. Um, and her dancing also really reminded me of Audrey Hepburn and Funny Face. And I also really loved that about it. Um, it just was so captivating and like I didn't really expect it to go the way that it did and for, you know, her apartment to expand, which I was very envious of. But 
it was um, just unexpected and beautiful the whole way through. And I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that there's this moment that Nud you kind of touched on um, where this mirror appears and we can see her um, at first. She doesn't want to look at herself. And to have a moment like that in an ad where it where it felt like a true self-reflection of like, no, I'm tired, I'm depressed, I don't want to see myself right now. And then to have her decide to like open up the mirror and really like, you know, push past that, see another version of herself and then really, you know, examine that and then move away from it. I thought that was a really interesting choice for for an ad um and to be able to you know say something about sort of depression um and technology and dance i mean that's where spike jones really lives and and sings and is just amazing um i actually got to see the the dance performance that he did with um uh with a couple actors for opening ceremony and it was also sort of touching on depression and and movement and you know how you can find things out about yourself through movement it's very very interesting yeah you know spike's uh history kind of plays a lot into this he's been the guy that's been really involved in the dance world for a long long time you know he choreographed several of Fatboy Slim's videos. He did the Levi's Crazy Legs commercial. You know, of course, he did the Kenzo thing. And I also think it's kind of fun that he's finally doing an Apple commercial, given that this is the guy that won an Oscar for for writing uh, Her, you know, about uh, mm-hmm. an intelligent about an intelligent OS. And, you know, that's a kind of a rich reference, too, because I remember at the time when Her came out, uh, if you asked Siri about, about the movie... Uh, Siri would say, oh, I'm not really that into fictional characters. I prefer the reality, you know, so (laughs) it's he's he's advertising, you know, a product here that that is that is um, sort of contains a rival OS to the one that he imagined originally. So I don't know. It's just that's a sort of an extra little uh, added resonance to it. So something that uh, that Christina said got me thinking about, too, is that what I've really appreciated about Spike Jones with Kenzo and then again with this is how he makes eyes almost as central to dancing and to choreography as arms and legs. You know what I mean? It's like where and how the dancers are looking. And of course, with Kenzo, you get a lot more kind of up close facial stuff. But in both, I really feel like you're you know, that's as much part of the choreography as anything. Uh, and that's just, it's a subtle skill, but it's one where I think if you came up maybe through Broadway, you might not think as much about that. But he's someone who's, you know, had to really kind of encompass dancing and performance as something that's, all of this is going to be on camera. Uh, but I, you know, there's just so much subtlety. And to Katie's point, like it's an ad you can't just watch once. You, I mean, you, you watch it to wonder how they did it. You watch it to catch all the stuff you didn't catch the, the first few times. And, and on the point of how they did it, Tim, we don't know a whole lot yet, right, about whether this was practical effects versus digital. Yeah, we don't know. I, I, I reached out to Apple uh, and I did uh, talk to them a little bit about it. And they're, they're, they were reluctant to really share a lot of details about that. But I'm still hoping to get some, some more info on that and maybe a, maybe a behind the scenes video, it sounds like, might exist that we might be able to get. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see that. You know, the other thing that interested me about this, too, is that it's kind of uh, it really gives a showcase to FKA Twigs, who I don't think people know very well. Like she's She's kind of an avant-garde uh, dancer, and 
She's been in some Nike stuff, but it was um, it was not very high profile Nike work. And she might be best known for having dated Robert Pattinson for several years recently. Wow, and, low blow. And, yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but she's an amazing artist, but she's just not very well known in in this country. And so I think this really um, puts her in the spotlight in such a wonderful way. And the other thing I would say too is that the dance, the choreography, really has an interesting way of weaving in. Um, you know, people's digital habits. Like when she sees herself in the mirror at first, she tries to swipe left on herself. And then, and then, you know, she ends up sort of using the, the um, pinch to open kind of uh, movement as well to kind of, mm -hmm. when she finally decides to sort of engage with herself. And I, those, those sort of, you know, virtual uh, movements kind of brought to life in a bigger way in a dance piece, I thought was pretty fascinating. And that's, you know, that's all Ryan Heffington, who's a, a very in-demand choreographer for music videos these days too. So all the collaborators here are really sort of A-listers in what they do. And I think they merge to create something really, really beautiful. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on the the production design of this. That's that's one of those things where you guys mentioned a bit before where we don't know whether or not this is totally digital or, um, or if they did this real world at all. But um, the way that initially she's on the couch and then she gets up and her apartment expands and then you see these beautiful rainbows it's like a rainbow wallpaper thing and it's like as things stretch there's there's something I don't know there's something to the way that they did that it to me it looks like they designed those sets to be able to move that way I don't know about you guys, but um, the the choreography that had to go into that, not just only in the dance portion of it, but to choreograph like where the the DP was going to be and how they would get it, and then to have people, if those sets were real world sets, moving those sets like that, that is insane, and they accomplished something really beautiful. Yeah, I'd be surprised if if too much of this was CGI. I think a lot of it is practical and i think you're right i think it was probably um a real puzzle to make all it all work and it comes off as so fluid with with the dancers movements that it's exceptional all right well i definitely encourage everyone to check out that ad you can just look for apple HomePods, spike jones fka twigs any combination thereof in ad week and you will find our post about it and hopefully we'll get a hold of some of that behind the scenes footage because that would be awesome but now it's time to move on to our big discussion of the week This week we are talking about South by Southwest. This is, of course, the uh, mega conference that happens in Austin every year. It's broken into multiple, uh, you know, sub conferences. There's uh, famously music and film, but the one we care about is interactive. Uh, although it feels like some of those lines have gotten a little more blurred in recent years. Uh, now, Christina and Katie, you two are going. I'm curious, just at, at the at the kind of top of this discussion. Uh, let's talk about how many times you guys have been before. Katie, is the, how many have you been to others? I have never been to South by. This is my first year. Cool. So yeah, that'll be fascinating. What I mean, what are your thoughts going into it? Uh, what are you expecting? Uh, I don't really know. I'm a little overwhelmed to be honest. Um, it you know by looking at the programming, I don't know if there's that much that kind of stands out to me. But we've gotten a lot of pitches about some really cool activations um, to check out this year, so that's something I'm looking looking forward to. And Christina, what about you? How many have you been to now? Uh, this will be my second one. 
Um, I went not last year, but the year before that, which kind of felt like the the big year for South by because that's when they landed President Obama. And then I should note, I was able to go to the South by South lawn that was on the White House lawn. Um, you know, when Obama was still in office. And that was also very interesting, though a very different experience. Um, but South by South by a couple years ago, um, to be honest, I thought the programming was better two years ago. This year, it feels very much like all of the things that I'm interested in are happening adjacent to the festival. You know, there are a bunch of activations from HBO is doing this insane thing with Westworld where it's two acres outside of Austin. They are uh, building the Westworld town and you can immerse yourself in that town and see whether or not you would be like a bad person or a good person. What is it? Black hat, white hat? It's it's that thing. Um, but I'm going to go and experience that on Thursday night and see how strange that will be. I don't want to learn anything about myself. I should put that <laughs> up top. Like, it's like a facsimile of a facsimile of a town, right? Yeah. Basically. Basically. Um, there also, there's also like a Ready Player One thing, and then there's this weird Bravo show that's about con artists where they're having an activation where they're having con artists teach you how to con. So... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that where, you know, for a show, for example, um, which again, this year feels very TV heavy um, because there's also Roseanne, there's a couple other ones, um, but it feels very much like, okay, there are all these people around here, there's going to be a, a mega foot traffic, let's try and get these people inside something and have them experience something. Now, um, that's great. I, I really like that. But a lot of the panels this year, I don't know about you, uh, Katie, but I just find myself looking around at things and being like, okay, all right, well, maybe maybe I could learn something from that. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, you know, initially when I went in 2015, a couple of the panels were really good, um, but a lot of them were you know, anything that actually sounded interesting, it was stuff that we'd been covering all year. So for for us, for our purposes, it feels a little different than maybe your average brand marketer or your average um, agency person or, or anything like that, because you're sort of going and, you know, maybe... Maybe you haven't heard about a couple different trends, and so you are going and learning about some things, but just for our purposes, I don't know. The programming is lackluster this year. Yeah, I agree. It feels like once you've done one conference in the industry within like the last six months to a year, it, it all kind of gets repetitive, and all of the sessions are very much touching on the same topics, same people same companies. Uh, so it's, it's more about finding those like unique experiences outside of the sessions, I think. Well, one thing I've wondered in Christina, you or Tim, maybe as someone who he's also been several times can answer is, you know, these companies that go and they have these activations there, it's like there are companies that go to South by Southwest, especially startups who are trying to find marketers to partner with or brands to become their clients. But what, what is the goal of most of these brands that are going. I mean, they're not there to learn about interactive technology. It not feels really, like they're mostly no. just there 
to get the publicity boost of people like us turning out, right? Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like, um, especially this year. And then, you know, as we've seen where I think you posed a question to some of our Adweek advisory board members, and, you know, we've been talking to people in the industry, it seems more and more like this event became less about having like a CMO or someone C-suite level there and more about having someone a little further down the chain go to be like, okay, you've been doing well. So here, go to this networking event and like go and meet everyone. Like it just sort of feels like it's more a networking event and like a, maybe you'll learn a thing or two. Maybe we'll, maybe something will be, will be cool and come out of this, but it, it doesn't seem, I don't know. It just doesn't seem as inviting as maybe it has been. Yeah. It's the, you know, the experiential kind of buzz uh, activations, very PR driven. That's been the sort of sweet spot for, for quite a few years at South by there's an enormous programming slate. So you can go to panels all day, every day, probably all night, every night if you want to, but, uh, that's not the stuff that really gets much attention. Uh, it's, it's really these activations, which some of them are cool. I mean, the Westworld thing sounds truly bonkers. I'm nervous. I'm a nervous person and I'm extremely nervous because the whole conceit of Westworld seems to be like, oh, go find out if like your, you know, humanity can come into question when you have the ability to like be terrible to people, you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's literally an entire show about how if given, you know, infinite ability, people will use, you know, that that time and and opportunity to brutalize other people. what if i'm one of those people <laughs> you'll be fine so that's the part you're scared to learn is how much you actually i mean uh, i don't ever want to learn anything about myself but, but, you know. <laughs> well it's like what, what was that other activation we sent you through where you had to dress up like a ghost oh yeah that a ghost that was for this movie um a ghost story that Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara were in and uh I I will tell you I had an existential crisis for multiple weeks after seeing that movie and going through that experience because you know just like having someone lovingly drape a ghost sheet over you and then ask you to like imagine what your life would be like if you were a ghost and then to like have you think about what you believe in? I don't know, man. Didn't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Tim, tell us about, you went for several years, but it feels like, you know, the recurring point that people make is that South by Southwest is changing and every conference changes. But how would you say you saw it changing over the years you went? Uh, well, you know, I go, I, I did go twice and my brother lives in Austin, so I always like to go visit him and it's a fun place to be in March when it's usually uh, very cold where I live and it's nice to sort of hang out and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, having not gone to, you know, the ones in the past uh, where it was a more of an indie spirit and like real true startup uh, energy there, um, I, I couldn't really compare, but when, by the time I got there, which was sort of 2014 2015 you know it was big brands doing big things and you know i think that's really just continuing now um you know from a, from an editorial point of view it's 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 fun for us to go and, and moderate some panels you know to talk to folks in some of these emerging kind of industries and, and the way that technology does touch marketing uh so that's useful for us i think um but you know for the for the for the folks as a whole i think 
you know, it's gotten the reputation for becoming just so enormous that, uh, that it's, that it's sort of vanilla. Um, having said that, I'm sure there are things you can find there that are fascinating and, and really innovative and very useful, both from a marketing perspective and from a business perspective. So it's, there's probably things there that, that are hidden in the rough. Uh, finding them is brutally difficult, though. Katie, we've talked about some of the things that the overwhelming parts of it and some of the daunting things, but what are you looking forward to? Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to this very interesting event. Uh, with Beautyrest, they're doing an activation or a partnership with an artist called Max Richter. And he has this eight-hour performance that he's put together. It's like a mixture of piano, vocals, electronics. And it goes from 11 p.m. to 8.30 a.m. And you it's called Sleep. So you sleep through this entire performance, and it's sponsored by Beautyrest. So there's going to be all these Beautyrest mattresses. And you just go in, listen to the music, and I guess hopefully fall asleep. So I don't really know what to expect, but I think it'll make for a cool experience and a cool story. And I think there's like a lot more of that this year where where it's like, okay, we've done the experience where it's like, we're going to immerse yourself in XYZ. Now we're going to give you something like that's longer and weirder. Like Sonos is yep. doing a sound bath and headspace (laughs) yeah i don't know man lauren might go to it but it's like a sound bath with uh, like all the instruments that you can imagine when i say sound bath those are the ones that will be there um but then there's also that um app that's you know i think it's a self-care app it's called headspace it's supposed to help you meditate they're running like meditation sessions and stuff like that so, you know, I think that's also a theme this year is, is you know, uh, get brands giving you peace? I don't know. <laughs> brands giving you a break from the hellscape that they have created. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I definitely encourage everyone to keep an eye out for our live coverage. Uh, I believe we're going to be doing some special email blasts and, uh, you know, really kind of keeping keeping tabs on the ground uh but uh any any predictions before we before we close it for the day uh christina any predictions on what kind of trends you expect to see we've talked tv mm-hmm. uh but what else are you expecting to see a bunch of this year um there's there's a blockchain track so people interested in blockchain will probably be satisfied to see that um <laughs> <laughs> that was a very neutral way to say that can you people who are into blockchain <laughs> Can you tell I'm not into it? Um, You know, there's, I guarantee we're going to see a bunch of people being like, this, this one VR thing or this one AR thing or this one voice thing is finally going to sell voice AR VR to the masses. We'll see somehow that sort of thing. And then three weeks later, let's see if we're still interested in it. I don't know, maybe. Um, But other than that, I think... uh, I think this year is definitely going to be one of those years, as happens every year, where a bunch of people say, you know, South by is not worth it. Because on the way there, I'm not feeling like, I, I don't know, I just, uh, I think I think we are going to have to work to find interesting things that are new and innovative for our audience. And again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's a ton of stuff that is really cool for us. Um, 
aside from Katie getting to sleep on a beauty rest mattress um, <laughs> with strangers <laughs> that I've never met before. <laughs> it's going to be fun. This almost feels like you need to write it first person. Um, I think I might. We'll see. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, my my prediction is that uh, South by will South by. <laughs> I guess. I think like for years they built their reputation or at least their reputation was made by the apps that came out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it was famously where Twitter came from and where Meerkat came from. And it's like people come back from this and they're like Moses coming down the the mountain, you know, with like, I have found this app that will be the future. (laughs) Uh, And and in, in several cases, like Meerkat itself didn't pan out, but live video certainly did. And, you know, so it's it's typically or it was for several years a great place to find those things. And it's just not now. But I think that says more about our culture. You know, an, an HQ doesn't make its debut uh, at South by Southwest no. anymore. They just you know, that's just not the marketplace to do that. But, you know, promoting the next season of, uh, it, you know, of your TV show on HBO. Sure. Well, it makes sense when, like, essentially, you know, you're inundated with new tech at all times. But peak TV is having a hard time, you know, getting anything to really stand out other than This Is Us. I'm still confused by the success of This Is Us. Happy for it. Confused by it. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it makes sense that all of these, uh, all of these studios and, and TV people are uh, kind of desperate. Well... I, uh, we're out of time for today, but I wish you both the safe travels. It's as I look out the window at the really impressive snow we're getting here. I hope everyone makes it out of New York and down to Austin in a timely way. And I encourage everybody to keep an eye on adweek.com and check out everything that Katie, Christina, and several of our other team members are going to be filing from there. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun week and looking forward to having you guys back on the show to tell us what you discover. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Our theme music is by home. This episode was produced by Anya Fernando and Eric Wander. Thank you, Anya. Thank you, Eric. Please take a moment, if you have not already, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also available on uh, on Spotify. So check us out there if you have not already. I'm David Griner with Adweek, and we will be back next week. This episode was brought to you by Accenture Interactive. Accenture Interactive is hyper-focused on offering new connected experiences that flex to accommodate individual needs. See how we're creating greater experiences now at AccentureInteractive.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.